Hi, this is Ken Doherty, and you're listening to Red Devil Talk, the podcast with Jimmy Williams. Red Devil Talk is the latest Manchester United fan site with authentic write-ups on all things United, as well as interviews with former players. In addition, Red Devil Talk examines the growing concept of sports psychology in the modern game. Daniel, thanks very much for taking the call. Let's start by talking about your own move to the club. How old was I? I was probably 13, I think I was. And I, um, I was playing for my local district team. Uh, and I was playing for the, the, the age group above myself. Um, it, was, it, was one of the, it was one of the national competitions we were playing in. They obviously called me up and I played that. And, and I, I managed to score a couple of goals. We, we won the game and obviously playing the year above myself. I got noticed by um, Jeff Watson, football scout uh, United. Um, and then it just um, it went from there really. Um, I was I was at Wolves at the time, but um, obviously my contract was coming to an end with Wolves, and then I knew that you know Jeff and Manchester United were interested. So as uh, as my contract came to an end with Wolves, I went to spoke spoke to Man United at the end of the contract, and it was a it was a for me it was a no brainer to go to to Manchester United and you know potentially start a, a career there when I when I finished school. And was it difficult being at such a big club at a young age? Uh, no, I think when you, well, I, on a personal level, no, not at all. You, I think at a, a younger age, for me, I just didn't even think about it. It was just, it was almost the norm. It was, I believed in myself, believed in my ability, and you know, believed I had a decent chance of you know playing in the first team at some at some stage. And I think it's it's only when you're a bit older that you appreciate you know what kind of position you were in and how intimidating it could be to some people but you know, you know 7, 16, 17 years old you just take it in stride and it's it's fine I found it you know relatively uh, easy and comfortable How much pressure is there once you sign that professional contract or is it a case of you have your own expectations? Yeah I mean I think it takes a certain type of mentality to, to make it in sport and honestly I, I didn't really feel pressure it was just playing football enjoying football and yeah it wasn't like playing football as a kid because results really started to matter. Um, whereas a kid, you're just enjoying it, kicking the ball around. But it's the same principle. You just want to go out and have fun. Um, and for me, I never really felt pressure. It was just football. Uh, if you get me to try and talk in front of a couple hundred people, I'd, I'd be feel the pressure doing that. But with football, it was just something that was natural. And you know, yeah, no, no, I didn't really feel that pressure. How much contact did you have with Ferguson and senior managing at that time? Spoke to to Ferguson a few times, especially a bit more as I was going through the the ranks when I was there every day training. Obviously, I trained a lot with the first team, and he was always there to give advice and you know kind of give you some kind of guidance. Um, he was he was great for me. I had to ask permission to go and buy my own house when I was nineteen, so I could move out the digs. And he said you can only buy your own house when you when you have three months worth of cooking lessons. So I had to have three with the chef at United. So I, I, you know, he had a you know a huge input into the to the youth and, and the young players and he was uh, he was approachable. Um, but also, you knew he was the boss and you and you'd never mess around with him. But I think the one good thing about United was when I was going through was we were all in and around the first team and even as like under 18s and 19s and as I got close to the first team of reserves and trained with the first team, you you always in and around it. So in and around the players and around the staff and you know everyone knew who everyone was. I've read a lot about Ferguson, a lot of autobiographies, and 
a lot of the ex-players, they all say the same thing, that he got to know the club from top to bottom, so the players, the canteen lady. Well, yeah, I think that, that's bang on. I mean, I, I actually happened to bump into him uh, towards the end of my career. I was, I must have been, it was probably about two, three years. About three years ago, I was playing for Bury, um, And we happened to be going to see the same hip specialist. Uh, well, I don't know if he, his problem was a hip, my problem was a hip. But he was obviously around that, that area of the body. And... Um, yeah, he just he just started talking to me like he, he you know, spoken to me last week, and it's been years since I've actually come into contact with him. He's like, oh, "How's it going?" And he was a Berry, remembered my name, um, and it was just so, you know, to for him to remember me of all the players that he's gone through over the years, it's it was, it was phenomenal, and it was it was that personal touch, and he did he did show an interest whether you, <clears throat> like you say, whether you were the in the laundry staff, the kitchen staff, the playing staff, whatever it was, he knew everyone was, and he knew that. In order to be successful, you needed everyone to be on point and do their job properly, and, and everyone was just as important. So he was, he was phenomenal at that. So you made your debut at Arsenal at Highbury. What was going through your head in the dressing room beforehand? <laughs> One thing, the thing that was going through my head was the, the under underfloor heating at Arsenal. It was brilliant. I loved it. Uh, so we were walking around barefoot in the change room. I was like, I thought it was wonderful. Um, in terms of the game, again, it was just, I, was, I think I was 18, 17, 18. I'm not sure how, exactly how old I was. But again, it was just, I wasn't nervous. I was just, I was just hoping I'd get out and go on. I knew I was on the bench. I found out a couple of days before I was travelling down with the, with the squad to, to be involved. But it was it I wasn't really expecting it when it when the call came and it came and yeah I just wanted to get on and, and make my debut and you know make a positive impact and like I say it was always, always like a, it was a dream come true coming on but you just don't appreciate it until later life really but I wasn't nervous I was absolutely fine just looking forward to hopefully getting on the pitch and seeing what I could do. And what do you remember about the game itself and your own performance? I did all right. Yeah, I didn't do too badly. I remember. I remember I was up against Lushny, Oleg Lushny, and he was just an absolute man mountain. <laughs> it was uh, he was huge, but um, I remember getting the ball. I think I got fifteen odd minutes. I remember getting the ball on the just out on the outside of the right of the box uh, and taking on the player and having a shot. But I smashed it over. So I just I always think if you know if that had gone you know half a yard below lower, could have gone in the, kind of the top corner. But it was a tight angle. But I was just I was just pleased to you know play for. Manchester United put on put on that shirt and to play at Highbury as well. Debut at Highbury is, is probably pretty special. So yeah, it's really good. Let's jump to July two thousand and five. You were released by United. How difficult was that for you personally? I had a meeting with Ferguson at the end of the season. Uh, yeah, he basically said, or towards the end of the season, he said basically said, look, I could give you another year contract to see, you know, if it were worthwhile. But I think it's better for you to to go out and 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 get first team games regularly on a regular basis. I was 22, 23 at the time. I think he was probably just being kind, knowing that I wouldn't make it a man year. And, um, but to me, it was it was the right it was the right thing to do. I knew it, I had to go out and play every week, week in week out in the you know the football league. And it was it was tough in one sense because you were leaving Manchester United. They've been there, you know, they've been a big, huge part of my football career. But I knew it was the right step. Um, and I had you know quite a bit of interest from, from clubs. And it was it seemed like the logical next thing to do, and I was just you know, happy to go out and try and further my career. And if anything, it kind of spurred me on to try and do as well as I possibly could and get as many goals as I could in the in the in the league. Did you ever doubt yourself? Um, no, I think I, the worst part of my career 
it wasn't about doubting myself. It was almost about doubting my body, if that makes sense, because I had a lot of niggly, rubbish little injuries that just constantly kept me out and, you know, hampered my career in, you know, in certain areas of my career, in certain times of my career. Um, but in terms of my own ability, I always had confidence in myself. I always knew I could score goals. It was just trying to keep on the pitch, you know, as much as I can during the season. And confidence wasn't really something I ever struggled with and I think I think that's key especially as a striker I think obviously you have low times and you go you know a few games without goals but I always knew that at some point I'd start putting them away again if I did have a bit of a dry spell Do you think clubs do enough to maintain the mental well-being of young players I mean is there any contact after you leave the club A little bit but if we're being brutally honest it's not in the the, the club haven't got time to do that they've got enough on their plate in, in nurturing and developing the up and coming players. Um, it's all well and good. I've known plenty of players that left United and left other clubs. There's only so much old clubs can do. It's, it's, and they will help you to a certain degree. But at the end of the day, in the football world, you can only rely on yourself, and it's up to you. You go on your ability, your confidence, how you how you, you know, perform in in training or on trial or whatever it may be. And maybe there isn't enough help, but that's just the world we live in, isn't it? I think. If you were to, if clubs were able to do all they could for the players left, they wouldn't have enough time to look after the players that are still there. And, and it, to me, it's it is a bit of a ruthless, brutal world to be involved in. But I think that's just life in general. You've got to look after yourself, and, and if you're good enough and believe in yourself, you will you will be okay. And what about nowadays? Do you still have any contact with anyone from United? I mean, no one that's still there. I'm trying to think. If I, if I, I bump into people, every, I live in Manchester, so I bump into people all the time. You know, and I do speak to a couple of the old lads that I played with at United. So there is some kind of contact there. And, and if I was to bump into anyone else, I would always say hello. I played a couple of uh, friendly games behind closed doors and towards the end of my career with Rotherham and Berry and stuff. So I bumped into you know a few of the, the, the staff there, and you know, it was good to reminisce and have a chat with them. But on a regular basis, it's just the old footy lads that. You know, I grew up with in, in the youth teams that I speak to. To what extent do you think is the mental side of the game important in order to be successful in contemporary sport? Oh, it's crucial. It's, it's crucial. Obviously, some of the best players that I've played with at the youth team level, as soon as they, you know, get to the likes of a Man United. The big clubs, the Liverpools, the, the Arsenal and stuff—they've just—they've just struggled with it. And even at a lower level, playing League Two, League One, I think some players mentally just—they're weak and they can't handle the pressures of football, regardless of how how, how good they are, how, how how much ability they have. So I think I think it's crucial. I think you've got to be mentally tough to be to be in any sport because there's a lot of lot of ups, but there's a hell of a lot of downs as well. You just got to keep on getting back up and with injuries, losses, loss of form. Managers not fancying you, whatever it may be, you've got to be mentally strong to, to be a to be in sport person. I think it's almost more important than the actual ability side sometimes. To me, someone like Roy Keane sums up the meaning of mental strength, and obviously you played with Roy. Yeah, I loved Roy Keane. I've got to be honest, I loved him. Um, I remember some of, some of the training sessions where he just lost the plot because people weren't doing things properly or they weren't doing it well enough. Some because they weren't good enough. Some because I don't know they might have just have an off day whatever it may be but yeah his, his mental strength his mental toughness was second to none he was he was outstanding and he was a fantastic leader 
I've spoken to him to a couple of times later on in my career when he was, you know, manager of Sunderland and stuff when I played against him and stuff and he was just fantastic. He was always, you know, he was positive. He tried to encourage young players and he was no nonsense and you know, that's why he was, you know, as successful as he was with the you know, the biggest club in the world and it was it was yeah, great great being a part of I remember playing FC a reserve team game with him. I ended up, I scored a couple of goals but he was just so encouraging and so um positive towards me personally and it was just because I just did the thing the right things at the right times and he doesn't he didn't mind people making mistakes as long as they tried to rectify them and he almost got a bad rep off some people but he was he was a true leader uh, a great great player to, to, to have played with and being in and around on the training pitch what do you think are some of the challenges facing young pros at the, at the top level of the top clubs I think it's the, it's the amount of money they paid such a young age when they've not kicked a ball in the football league ridiculous I think for a young lad to get so much money so soon it's very difficult for them to keep their you know their feet on the ground but it's just the way of the, the football world now so I think that's it's a huge test because at the end of the day the majority of these lads who are you know the, I mean I know Man City are paying some youth team players absolute fortunes and then I mean, some of them they probably won't even go on to play in the football league uh, and they just go from huge amounts of money to nothing so it's, it's tough to I found it tough going into a lot of money at a young age uh, it's hard to know what what to do with it and how to manage it and how you know need people around to support them the expectation levels I suppose some people will, will struggle with but that's again that's down to the mental toughness and, I, and that's why I think again it's key that you have this kind of mental stability mental toughness that you know you can handle being being a footballer and what, what it entails um, so yeah they're probably the two main things you touched on the money involved in the modern game. It's almost a case of they have it too soon now. Absolutely. I, I mean, I've, I've seen young players with all the ability in the world and they're coming to ridiculous amounts of money. And it's, just, it's almost, it's not that you, you play football for the money, but if they're receiving such a large sum of money before they've done anything, it's it kind of, I don't think the word, it just doesn't, it's not real. It's not the real world. It's not, it's, it shouldn't come as easy as that, that kind of money. I think, when I was younger, yes, we got a good wage and stuff, but it wasn't what they what they're doing now with some of these young players. Some of these young players are earning more than what championship players are earning, and they've not played a played a game for the likes of Chelsea, City, whoever it may be. I just think it's too like you say, too much, too soon. It's not real. It's, it's where do they go from there? Uh, unless they've got this mental toughness, this drive that's you know only a few people do have instilled in them. What's your own view on sports psychology in terms of helping players who are released or injured or you know out of form? Do you think it's beneficial? I think it, I think that's all dependent on the individual. Some people it would work with. I think it's the same with a lot of things in football. Ferguson was was brilliant at this. You can't treat every player the same. You can't give everyone. Everyone won't need a psychologist in football. Some people need other things. Some will, people just need practice on the football field if they're struggling to score goals. Or it's, it's, I think it's great. I think if people get benefit from it, from a psychologist and stuff like that, football psychology, then absolutely fantastic. But it won't be for everyone. So I just think it's finding out what works for the individual player and making sure that there's enough support staff around it to, to talk to the players, find out what they need, and you know, and, and Utilising everything that they have around them, um, but yeah, 
of course, there's a place for it. It's just all dependent on what works for each individual player because what worked for me definitely wouldn't work for other players. Sometimes I needed to need the kick up the backside to you know get my ass into gear, whereas other players would crumble under when a, when a manager's screaming at them. So I think again, like I've like I've said, it's it's all dependent on the player and what they need and what they find beneficial. And, and yeah, absolutely, like football psychology is huge, and some players would get a huge benefit from it. Why do you think more teams in the modern game are looking into psychology? Probably because it's really important and they're starting to realise how important it is. Um, back in the old school days, even when my dad was playing football, it was just, it was one way and that was the way it was and you dealt with it and it was, it was just, it was, it was probably more brutal than it, it is more brutal than it is today. So I just think there's anything that can give you that extra little, you know, one, two, three, four, five percent, whatever it may be, is, is worth doing and I think Clubs are really buying into it, and if you can help one of your top players at a tough time and get them back firing or back fit, whatever it might be, then, then why wouldn't you do it? It's just being clever. It's common sense. I spoke to Brian McClear recently. He actually gave a similar answer. He said, anything that can give you any sort of advantage can only be beneficial. Exactly. And there's no, there's no harm in trying something. Some players will respond to it, some players won't, but if you can help. Even if you can help one player out of 20 and, and they go on to bigger and better things, then it's, it's, it's had a positive result, hasn't it? So, absolutely. Why do you think some people are quick to dismiss it? <laughs> Probably ignorance. I mean, everyone has their beliefs and that's fine. And what might, might work for one person won't work for another. But that's why people have got to be open to different interpretations and how everybody else is. It doesn't matter. If you doesn't think it'll work for you, it, it, it has and it would work for someone else. So I think that's one thing I think a lot of managers are quite closed-minded. Um, it's their way or no way. And if they actually were a bit more open to different things, they could, you know, they could reap the result rewards themselves because the players would be performing at a better level, a higher level, and the, the performances on pitches would be better, which means results, which would be winning, winning you know, championships or games, whatever it may be. And I think if you look at the top managers today, you'll see that they've got a hell of a lot going on within their clubs. Uh, and even the, the success, successful managers at the lower levels, they won't have as much you know, money behind them to be able to do everything. But they'll be a lot more open to different ideas and different options for individual players. Uh, whereas the closed-minded managers, they think old school, old school, old school. They won't be as, as successful. I just have three more questions and they're fan questions. Yeah, of course. What's your favourite music? I do like my dance music, if, uh, especially if I'm going out for a few drinks with the lads. I've got dance music over on B all day long. Um, but I also, I'm all, almost got a soft spot. I've always got a soft spot for sort of the rock music, you know, the Nickelbacks and stuff like that. I've, you know, Linkin Park and stuff like that I've liked over the years. So I'm quite open with my music. I, I listen to anything. It all depends on the mood. Brilliant. What advice would you give to a young aspiring pro trying to make it in the modern game? Just believe in yourself have confidence in yourself and just don't let anything or anyone knock you down because football's brutal whether it's fans staff managers players you know everyone's out for themselves so if you believe in yourself you obviously got players as part of the team being a team but at the end of the day you're on your own really um, just believe in yourself believe in your ability and always do the you know the best you can uh, and, and, and be alright you should be alright as long as you, you work hard 
you don't you don't get to the top out of luck. You, you get there from you know working hard and having some ability. And if you're at a club like Manchester United, you've obviously got a bit of ability. So just don't get knocked down and, and believe in yourself. And finally, what's your best memory from United? It's probably my debut at Arsenal. Um, I think it was it was unexpected. It came quite early in my career, and like I say, looking back, knowing that I made my debut against Arsenal at Highbury for Manchester United, it's it's you know it's three big things there, and I managed to play with you know some fantastic players. But that's that's probably the uh, pinnacle. That's the my debut. Brilliant. Thanks very much. No, no worries at all. Cheers, pal. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Gary Pallister calling for it. James can only fist it. It comes for Cantona! I don't believe it! Well left by York. Fed by Cole. Back to Andy Cole from 